0: about the Father, and uh, we need to know the Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and we look at Jesus, and I still don't think we see the Father yet, not because he didn't do a good job demonstrating him, but I think we've been so religiously brainwashed that he's this vengeance, uh, angry, you know, sinners in the hands of an angry God character that we're just not that familiar with him. And so I want to give you 100 scriptural revelations about our Father, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul calls him. And I want to enlarge your vision of him, deepen your understanding of him, and grow your appreciation for him using the scriptures. And so today we're going to cover the very first word. We may do a few of these. We'll see how far we get into it uh, time-wise. But if you didn't get a chance to enjoy the movie with us tonight, I felt compelled to come on and teach some because I know a lot of people look for us on Wednesday nights and I don't have the chance to know who's going to watch or who's not and to let people, oh, by the way, we're doing a movie tonight. I didn't know we were going to do a movie tonight until about 45 minutes before the service started. So let me give you some teaching tonight and you can lay your head on this and expect good things to come from it. Number one... And these are in no particular order of importance. They're all important. But I think you need to put this in your in your heart and let it saturate, let it uh, simmer, marinate in your mind. And go forth with this new look at the Lord, at the Father. Number one, he is gracious. Above anything else I could think of to start with, this was the thing that I just kept coming to me was, Tell the people that the Father is gracious. Uh, you ever been around a person that's gracious? It just seems like they're always, uh, I, I, I know this sounds weird, but they're always catering to other people. Like they're catering to you. You're, you're in their presence and they're just so graceful to answer your questions. They're so gracious in their mannerisms, the way they treat you. And you just, you notice it. It's, it's like a shining light in a dark place. And well, they get that from the Father. Uh, the verse that springs to mind to remind you that the Father is gracious. And of course, if he's gracious, we should imitate him. He put the ability to imitate him inside of us. And it means, uh, Isaiah 30, 18 says, And therefore will the Lord wait, that he may be gracious unto you. And therefore will he be exalted, and that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment, and blessed are all they that wait for him. And this word gracious is actually to bend or stoop in favor to an inferior. So you have a a belief system. I believe it's Gnosticism, uh, Deism. They believe in a God. They just don't believe he is involved. in in a personal way in the affairs of Earth. They're they're just uh, looking on from afar but never stooping down, never bending down to show favor to someone who is of an inferior uh, state. But that's not our Father, our Father is gracious, our Father, for God so loved the world, you could say that he stooped down in favor to his inferiors, and he gave, he sent his Son, Jesus Christ, so that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. There is a a great many religions that are out there, and they all will teach some form of morality, uh, good deeds, and, uh, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with morality and good deeds, but that is man, generally speaking, in, in its religious context, that is man trying to reach God. In Christianity, God reaches down to mankind through his son, Jesus. And that's why Christianity is not just a religion, it's a relationship. And it's a relationship based on grace, graciousness. Grace, one definition being unmerited favor. Um, I love this expression. We'll talk about it later on. Faith takes what grace makes. And so, If grace provides it, we should never feel condemned, selfish, wronged, judged for taking it. We take it by faith that God graciously stooped down and gave us mercy in his son Jesus. And in so doing it, he elevated his greatness in our eyes. We we recognize that he didn't have to. We are of the inferior, and he is the superior, and yet he bent down to us. He stooped down to us. And truth be told, you'll see this in Ephesians, he elevated us. He didn't just bend down and go, yeah, you, you little peons, I'm so great, and I'm bending down to you. I don't have to. I don't owe you. The reality is, is he bent down to lift us up. True godly graciousness, true godly grace doesn't just dip down, but it lifts up. The Bible says he has seated us in heavenly places right next to him. My goodness, what a gracious God. You know, many of us have received his bending down. That we haven't received in our minds yet his lifting up, and maybe today we came by to give you this nugget to say to you, Not only did he bend down, but he also lifted you up in grace, which you received both. Isn't that something? Isn't that great to look at? Um, I want to pray for you, I want to bless you, I want you to have the opportunity to receive God's graciousness, his bending down, and then also his lifting up. And so if you've never met Jesus as the Lord of your life, I want you to have that opportunity right now. If you've never decided that you are going to accept what the Bible says about you, and that's that you have been, once you've received Jesus, seated with him in heavenly places. I want you to receive that right now. And I want you to begin to see from the heavenlies down here to the earth. And I want you to begin to be gracious and lifting to the world around you. So pray with me. Say, Father God, I believe that you graciously sent Jesus and you lifted him. You resurrected him from my sin, my sin nature. Jesus, I take you today as the payment for my sin. I make you, I confess you today to be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, live in me. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus where all of my bad and my evil and my sin is gone and forgotten and everything within my spirit is made brand new. Lord, I confess that you have seated me with you in heavenly places according to the book of Ephesians in multiple places. And so I choose to not live Beneath my privileges and my rights as a child of God, And I choose to live from the heavenly places because of your graciousness that you stoop down to bless an inferior, to lift me up in heavenly places. I, I believe, according to Second Peter 1 and 3, you have supplied me with everything that pertains unto my life and the godly life you called me to live. In Jesus' name, if you prayed that, some version of that for the first time, would you let me know? Send me a PM, a comment, uh, reach out, text. If you have my information, just let us know. Uh, you can connect with us further at newsongcherokee.com. Uh, we have a, a book house online, a library of about 2,000 books at newsongcherokee.home.blog. Those are the two best ways to further connect with us besides this uh, opportunity that you're having here. And then also, if you need to email us, new song, Cherokee at gmail.com. I pray this blesses you. Number one revelation about the Father of 100 that we're gonna do. He's... Just... He stoops down to, to bless an inferior with favor. Glory to God. Receive that favor, Psalm 5 and 12 favor, surrounding you like a shield today, hedged in by a divine hedge of protection, Psalm ninety We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Well, praise God. We're going to jump into our podcast number two in our series of 100 revelations about the Father God to you. Uh, In our first one, we talked about the graciousness of the Father. A lot of people have a misconception of who He is, especially in the light of the way some of the Old Testament was interpreted. Uh, Many times they gave Him uh, credit for causing something that He merely permitted. You say, well, He still permitted it, but well, He'd permit you to go home and rob a bank tonight if you wanted to. That doesn't mean He commissioned it. You have a free will, and sometimes we blame Him for the things we do. And we said, well, you know, it was, what it was a sovereign will of God? In reality, no, it, he's sovereign over the things that he's sovereign over, but he's not sovereign over every choice you make. Uh, he does not want robots. Love gives you the opportunity to choose or not choose love. And so you and I know both that many people do not choose Jesus. That is not God sovereignly causing them to do that. That is him permitting and He's permitting it because they're permitting it. So you could make the case that God allows what we allow. Tonight we're gonna to talk about the Father is the Savior. Not only is He gracious, but He's the Savior. And this word Savior is, is can be defined as to open wide, to liberate, and to give victory to. And you know you have not because you ask not, you don't have faith to ask because you don't hear. And we want you to hear tonight, your father is the savior and your father wants to open wide opportunities in life to you. Your father wants to liberate you from things that hold you back and hold you in bondage. And your father wants to give you victory in the face of anything that you feel defeated by. And a great scripture for this is out of Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 4. Which says, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. And so if you're listening to this tonight and your heart is afraid, you're in fear, you feel weak, uh, you feel unable to get the victory for yourself, you've come to the right place. The Bible says in Romans ten seventeen. so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this word. Your father is the savior you've been looking for. He's gracious, Isaiah thirty eighteen. It says, the Lord, therefore, uh, will the Lord wait that he may be gracious to you. Therefore, he will, he be exalted that he may have mercy on you. Blessed are all they that wait for Him. And then tonight is Isaiah 35 and 4. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and He will save you. I pray that this blesses you. I want to pray for you and give you a little insight into the next podcast we're going to talk about. He is the Great Shepherd. So we'll have learned that He's gracious, He's a Savior, and He's the Great Shepherd. I want to pray for you right now, for God to be gracious and to be a Savior to you, and to start to till your heart, to get ready to hear Him as your Shepherd. Lord, those that are listening tonight, there's a reason they tuned in. There's a reason that this podcast is reaching them, and it's because you want to be gracious, you want to save them. Father, the greatest salvation we could experience, the greatest saving, is to admit our need for a savior because of our sin and our sin condition prior to knowing you and so if you're out there listening tonight and you don't know the lord i want to give you a chance to know him simply pray this with me say father god i do believe that you resurrected jesus from the dead just for me as if i was the only one alive on planet earth jesus i take you today to be the lord of my life by the power of the holy spirit live in me make me a new creation where old things have passed away and all things have become new. Father, also in saving is healing, is fulfilling the financial need, is delivering from an obstruction, and I declare Isaiah 53.5 over your people tonight, and by your stripes they are healed, and Isaiah 10.27, destroy the yoke of bondage in their life. I claim this done and begin to praise you and thank you for saving and healing and delivering right now in Jesus' name. Praise God, we're just so excited to get to do another podcast. I don't always film these, but I am filming this for Facebook and the other uh, video sites that we use. And we're in a series, we have several going on our daily podcast, uh, but this one is entitled "A 100 Revelations About the Father. Uh, You could even say the Father God. And, you know, the world knows him as God. We call him Father. Actually, Paul says that our spirits, um, having been adopted, cry, Abba, Father, or Papa, God. And what we're endeavoring to do with this series is we'll walk you through a fresh, maybe even a new understanding of who the Father God is. We, we get a glimpse of him uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, many people are not accurately portraying him in the New Testament. We see him in the Old Testament uh, a certain, in a certain light, and then we see Jesus in the gospel saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And somehow that's hard to reconcile when we read the Old Testament, if you don't read it through the lens of love. And then also understanding that God the Father dealt with mankind differently in the Old Testament than he does now in the New Testament. Even beyond the gospels, he deals with men and women differently. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, our verse today is Ezekiel 34, 31. And the the title, the subtitle of this is, He is the Great Shepherd. Let me read you this verse and I'll explain to you what I mean by that. In Ezekiel 34, 31, it says, and ye my flock, the flock of my pasture are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. And so God looks at us and desires us to see him through his eyes as the Great Shepherd. And so if you've ever, been around a shepherd with sheep. The shepherd doesn't beat the animals. He doesn't afflict them with sickness. He doesn't send demon spirits on them. He doesn't test them with evil. He doesn't withhold food from them, uh, nourishment. Uh, you, you've got to begin to see your father as the great shepherd. And when you do, you'll start to realize, oh, the Old Testament makes a little bit more sense now men, men were not born again back then. Uh, the nations of the world for, for the most part was kind of left up to their flesh and their own devices. He had Israel and Israel didn't always do what he told them to do. So he had to chastise, he had to discipline them, but he's still dealing with spiritually dead people that are one of the things he's doing is training people to see in the old Testament. You can't live up to my standard. Uh, You need a savior. You need someone, a Messiah, to come help you meet my standards. And so you see Jesus coming in the Gospels, and he says, I am the good shepherd, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And so if you see the Father different than that, you're probably looking at him wrong. Now, I will admit that some of our translations have not given him his due, particularly in the Old Testament, There is the permissive tense of a verb in Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament was written in originally before it was translated into English. And then there's the causative tense of the verbs. And in the Old Testament, many times, verbs were translated that were attributing some terrible thing to God in the causative sense. And, you know, I will send an evil spirit upon you or the evil spirit from the Lord. Or, you know, I will put none of these sicknesses on you. Exodus fifteen twenty six. Those were translated in the causative tense. And it would have been better if been translating it in the permissive tense. In other words, he permitted it. You say, Well, he allowed it. Well, he'd allow you to go home and rob a bank today if you wanted to. That doesn't mean he caused you to. And so it's important that we get back and we start to see the Father the way he desires us to see him. Ezekiel thirty four, thirty one, let me read that to you. And you my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God says the Lord God. Days one and two, we learned that he is a savior and that he is gracious. So we've learned he's a gracious savior as well as a great shepherd in our first three days. I pray you'll go back and listen to this podcast. I want to pray for you real quickly. Father, open our eyes to see you as our personal great shepherd. Let us see you through the lens of love and that you have the best in mind for us. We pray that this would come across clearly today in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God for another opportunity to talk about the Father God and a hundred revelations about him. We've already talked, this will be day five, or excuse me, day four. We've already talked about three other um, revelations about the Father. Uh, Number one, He is gracious. Uh, Isaiah 30, 18 is our verse for that one. He is the Savior. Isaiah 35 and 4 is our verse for that one. He is the great shepherd, and that's Ezekiel 34, 31. You're starting to see an image of the Father that maybe you hadn't had before, And that'll make a big difference in your ability to receive the good things that he has for you in life Uh, when you begin to see him as loving and kind and gracious and merciful and a giver uh, all these things we'll take a look at and have you're going to have a greater expectancy you're going to have a larger vision of your father and that can only increase the depth of your life here on earth. Psalm 8110 uh, is what you're doing in effect. It, when you do that, it says that open wide your mouth that he may fill it. Well, let's talk today about number four. He is holy. The word holy means sacred, set apart, prepared, and appointed. Those are all aspects of the Father God. Isaiah six in verse three gives us a great picture of how powerful his holiness is uh in heaven even and it says and one cried unto another they're talking about the angels and the elders saying holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory why is the earth full of his glory because he is holy and people are declaring it it's so impressive his holiness that people were repeating and describing, angels are describing that he's holy. It's worthy of praise. He's not unclean, he's not lustful, he's not dirty. um, He's not uh, anything like what mankind is and can be. Our flesh is, is the absolute opposite of his holiness. And I think it's really important to remember that he calls his spirit holy. And so when things come at you and uh, life and and they try to set you back and they try to turn you upside down, one of the most important things to remember is that your father is holy and because of his holiness, the glory is the outshining of it. And that glory is where the answer to everything you could possibly need resides. And so as you spend time meditating on his holiness, you can get lost in his glory and you can find provision for every single thing that you have need of in life. So let's read that verse again, Isaiah 6 and verse 3. And one cried unto another, Isaiah is getting a vision of the angels around the throne and they're saying about the Lord, about the Father, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Is your life filled with his glory? It could be as you draw near to his holiness. And his holiness is not a standoffish snobbishness. His holiness is wisdom, uh, which is, first of all, pure and peaceable, and then easy to be approached. And so holiness isn't necessarily what we think it is. Holiness starts on the inside of you and then works its way outward. When you force people to dress a certain way and behave a certain way, you're not really cultivating holiness. What you want is an organic expression of the nature of the Lord that comes from the heart and then echoes out across the soul and into the physical body, even into the way you handle finances are your finances holy? They take on the nature of the one that has them. And so if you're holy, your money's holy. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. It's not unholy to have money. In fact, prosperity, Uh, which is what the blessing of the Lord brings, according to Proverbs, makes us rich and adds no sorrow. Prosperity is having more than enough to do whatever God called you to do. So I want to pray for God's holiness to manifest in your life today. Right now, in Jesus' name, everybody listening, under the sound of my breath, I pray an extra dose of the Holy Ghost in all your affairs of life. Come forth and come to fruition today in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Friend, we love you. Praise the Lord. We're going to go on further in our 100 revelations of the Father. How you view the Father will also determine uh, how close the relationship gets. If you see him as inviting and loving and, and kind, that some of the things we're describing here, then you're more likely to gravitate towards him, want to seek him out, establish, define, identify, deepen uh, the relationship. Uh, if you think he's standoffish, indifferent, um, a cosmic policeman that just swats you. If you make one mistake, then you're probably less likely to want to cultivate a true and healthy relationship with Him. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as we give you these 100 revelations about the Father to you, uh, faith to grow and connect with Him should rise. And so you should be expecting that as you hear these descriptions of Him. Let's cover what we've already talked about, just kind of bring you up current. Number one, we said He's gracious. Number two, we said he's the savior. Number three, we said he's the great shepherd. Number four, we said he is holy. Today we're going to say he is the multiplier. He multiplies family under one leader. He is the the head of the alphabet, if you will. He's the alpha. Um, Deuteronomy 11 says, The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are. And bless you as he has promised you. The word of Moses to the children of Israel is that they would be made a thousand times so many more as they are. Why? The more good seeds you have in the soil, the healthier the product is. And if you have more and more people calling the Father God... Uh, multiplying in relationship with Him, covering the earth, if you will, then the glory and the knowledge of Him will spread all over the planet as was always intended. And so when you look at the Lord and you look at your life and you look at your circumstances, and maybe it's your finances, maybe it's your relationships, your faith, your business, your church, your ministry, realize you are connected to the great multiplier. Let's read that verse again, let it sink in, let it hit your heart right. Deuteronomy 111, the Lord God of your fathers, he never changes, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, make you a thousand times, so many more as you are. Sounds a lot like Mark chapter four, when we sow our seed into good ground, it produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. You were never meant to stay small, you might start small, but you were never meant to stay small. And so the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are. That's not just numerically in what we would say quantity, but it's also in depth, and richness, it's quality. Make the Lord, uh, may the Lord make your day a thousand times so much deeper and richer as it is right now or as it was yesterday. May you have a thousand times more days uh, to experience heaven on earth as you had before. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that by your precious Holy Spirit, you would massage this word into the heart of the one listening, that you desire to make them a thousand times more. I pray, friend, if you're listening and you don't know the God of multiplication, that you would give your life to Him right now. It's easy. It's simple. Just simply say these words with me. Mean it from your heart. Say, Father God, I do believe that you resurrected Jesus from the dead just for me, as if I was the only one alive. Jesus, I take you today to be the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, live in me, make me a new creation where old things are passed away and all things have become new. Father, thank you for receiving me as your very own child. Now Father, multiply me, make me a thousand times deeper and richer and greater as I've ever been as you have swore to the family of fathers that you've just grafted me into as I prayed and received your son Jesus into my heart and into my life. Father, I thank you for hearing their prayer. Multiply them as you said you would. In Jesus' name, we claim it done. Now, if you need a healing in your body, simply pray with me. Say, Father, I receive you as the multiplier of my health and healing. I claim Jesus' stripes, Isaiah 53, 5. By his stripes, I am healed. I claim it. No weapon formed against me will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God! We're going to go on to our uh, sixth revelation of the Father out of a hundred. Uh, this one today is is really neat. We could take take a lot of time on this one. The Father is mysterious. You know, they've said that when a re, when the mystery leaves the relationship, the relationship is destined for boredom, ending, finality, whatever it might be. And so the thing, one of the things I love about the Lord. Is he's mysterious. Now, he's not mysterious when I need him to not be mysterious. He's mysterious on the other side of me hungering for more of him, me looking for more of him, me desiring to manifest more of him. Uh, and, and my hunger connects to his mystery and revelation comes. So he's not mysterious when I need to find him. Uh, if I need healing, he's not mysterious. By his stripes I'm healed. If I need salvation, he's not mysterious. Uh, I just believe that he raised Jesus from the dead. I claim Jesus as Lord and I'm saved. So he's not mysterious to my ill effect or to my bad. He's mysterious to my good. You could say it this way. He hides things for us, not from us. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the honor of kings, and Revelation 5 and 10 calls the born-again ones, kings and priests, to search it out. And so our verse here is Mark four eleven. 11. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. Now this word mystery means a hidden thing, a secret, a mystery. Generally mysteries or religious secrets confided only to the initiated and not to ordinary mortals. A hidden or secret thing not obvious to the understanding. A hidden purpose or counsel, a secret will. Colossians 1:9, in fact. Tells us to remove the mystery of the will of God for our lives even if it seems veiled behind circumstance or sight or senses and say father by your spirit fill me with the knowledge of your will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding why that I might apply it to my life and so when we pray in other tongues, if you're a person that's spirit-filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2 says that when we pray in our private, personal, spiritual language, the gift of tongues, we don't speak unto men unless, of course, there's an interpretation, but we speak straight unto God from our spirit. We speak mysteries. Uh, you can look at it this way. I elevate my conversation. I elevate my discourse. I talk secrets with my Father when I pray in in the Holy Ghost. Jude 20 and 21 tells me that as I pray in the Spirit, I pray in a mysterious language that I keep myself within the love of God, acting and, walk, and walking and living from that love, as well as I build myself up on my most holy faith. So he doesn't hide it from us. He hides it for us. Deuteronomy 33, 19 says he gives us the hidden riches and hidden in the sand, the secret riches, the treasures of darkness. Isaiah 45 and 3 says he gives us these hidden secret things that we may know that he calls us by name. He blesses us at our specific age and time, our state in life. Um, He always is able to do Ephesians 3.20 exceeding and super abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think or dream according to the power at work within us. And so if you're listening to this today and you're saying, wow, life has gotten bored. My relationship with the Lord has gotten stagnant. Well, remember, his mercies are new every morning. He is renewing us day by day within our spirits. Maybe you've been living out of your head. Maybe you've been living out of your flesh. Maybe you've been missing it in your head expectancy of the mysterious God. Um, Some native uh, cultures call him the great mystery. I love that. The great mystery. Now, he's not mysterious to your downfall. He's mysterious to your excitement, to your next level living, and it's hunger and pursuit that seeks him out. He says, seek me and you will find me. Call upon me, Jeremiah 33 and 3, and I will show you great and hidden things, fenced in, not obvious to your general understanding. I pray that over you right now, friend, that you would know the mystery of Jesus Christ. Mark 4, 11, unto you it is given the mystery of the kingdom of God. We bless you. We sanctify you. We praise the Lord for you. Thank you and keep listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We're going to jump into day seven or the seventh of 100 revelations about the Father God. And let's recap real quickly before we jump into the seventh one. Uh, the first revelation we discussed in this podcast is that the Father is gracious. And we looked at Isaiah 30, 18, uh, therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. Sometimes, um, it's just not time yet. And, and it's not time yet because of a bad thing. It's not time yet because of a good thing. Now he's always gracious, but because he's loving, he looks for the most ingenious time to be gracious to you, to take you to a new level of understanding of his graciousness. Uh, So keep your chin up, keep your head up. Number two, he is the savior. And that means to open wide, to liberate, to give victory to. Isaiah 35, 4 is our verse there. And it says that, uh, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong and fear not. Your God will come with vengeance, even with a recompense. He will come and save you. Number three, he is the great shepherd. Uh, Number four, he is holy. Number five, he is the multiplier. Number six, he is mysterious. Today, we're going to talk about he is king. He has the foundation of power. Uh, he is the, the way that things are and ought to be. Revelation 19.16 says, He hath on his vesture, talking about Jesus, and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Uh, the Proverbs 14.28 is a new way of looking at his kingship. It says, In the multitude of people is the king's honor but in the want of people is the destruction of the prince. And what really jumped out to me about that verse, uh, in addition to our Revelation 19 and 16, is that we are called to not just sit at the Lord's table, but to work in his vineyard, to work in his field, and to bring him people. We are called to populate heaven and depopulate the prince of the power of the heirs domain. And so if you think about it, We are destined to be soul winners, to give our God, the king of the universe, the family that he desires. Think about that for a minute. If he's king, then that means he has a kingdom, and in his kingdom, there are people. And if you are a king, but you have no people, you're not a very influential king. But we know that he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. He is the foundation of power. And so Paul said, when I come preaching and teaching, I don't come with just words only, man's wisdom. I come in demonstration of the power. You could say it this way. I come in demonstration of the King I serve's power. Acts ten thirty eight says how God the Father, the King of Kings, anointed or empowered Jesus to go about doing good and to heal all who were oppressed of the devil. And when you look at the people that Jesus ministered healing to through the power of his Father, he literally turned their hearts from the wicked one unto the king, to the gracious one, to the merciful one. And so today's lesson, as you're listening in, is to retool your focus and see the Father as king, king of the universe, especially as he is revealed in his son Jesus, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we have seen an edge to you, a side of you today, that we may have seen before, or we're seeing it for the first time, or we're just getting a fresh revelation. But you are the king of our heart. You're the king of our life. You're the king of the universe. You're the king of our world. And we bow our knee unto you and we call Jesus Lord. And we say you are the Father of all. And so Father, I pray for anybody listening to me today that maybe doesn't know Jesus this way, doesn't know the Father as King. I pray right now, friend, that you would just say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I take you today to be the King of my heart, to be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, friends. We're going to jump into day nine of our hundred revelations of the Father. And day eight, we talked about he's hilarious. Day seven, we talked about he's the king. Day six is he is mysterious. Day five is he's the multiplier. Day four as he is holy. Day three as he is the great shepherd. Day two, he is the savior. Day one, he is gracious. Day nine, we're going to talk about he is the comforter. And that word comforter means summoned. He is summoned. You ever seen a, a pet notice that its owner is sad or uh, going through a difficult time? They, they call them support dogs. You, and then you have to be a professional support dog. Just a dog or someone sees their owner sad, they'll run right to them. It's like they're summoned. It's like their purpose in that moment is to comfort their owner. Well, how much more is the Holy Spirit, the one who made you, summoned to comfort you? He's called to your side. He's called to your aid. It goes on to describe this as one who pleads uh, another's case before a judge, a pleader, counsel for defense, legal assistant, an advocate, one who pleads another's cause with one, an intercessor in the widest sense, a helper, a succor, an aider or an assistant. Our verse that undergirds this, supports your father as the comforter, is John 14 and 16. I will pray the father, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Jesus was going away. Jesus was physically with his disciples for three and a half years, and they had gotten used to him Maybe they expected to always be in his physical presence for for the length of his physical life. Maybe they thought he would live like Moses to 120. Uh, But he was telling them, I'm going away, but I'm going to send my spirit from my father. We are three, but we are one. And in that, uh, you will, not just you, but anyone around the world that wants to know me can know me at the level you know me through the the comfort of my Holy Spirit. And maybe right now, today, you're just on the other side of Valentine's Day here in America. I don't know if they celebrate that worldwide or not. And you've had no date. You had no girlfriend. Maybe you're divorced. Maybe you're widowed. Maybe you guys broke up. um, Maybe you've been single more in an inordinate amount of time. And you're just like, Lord, does anybody care? Is there anybody for me out there? Am I for anybody out there? Is there a partner that I can team with anywhere in this world that together we can do more for you, Lord, than we could individually? Is that person alive? Well, right now I'm praying the Holy Spirit comfort you and arrest those emotions and help sanctify those emotions and bring them under the blood and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you can see that there is hope and that that substance, uh, that hope doesn't have can come as you meditate on God's word that he's your comforter and you're complete in him. And whether anyone comes or not, and I believe they will, it's better for, it's not good that man be alone, two are better than one, but you're held in holy sanctimony between now and then, and that you are walking complete and full and overflowing and your frustrations are minimal. And the Lord is pouring out more comfort than you need in an Ephesians 3.20 way, exceeding and superabundantly, above and beyond anything you could ask or think or dream according to the power at work within you. I pray that he fill your knowledge with knowledge of his comfort, Colossians 1 and 9, because that is his will for your life. He said, take my yoke. It's easy and it's light. My burden is easy. So if you're under a weight and you're discomforted, you're discomfited. we would say in English, right now I come against that and I pray against that in the name of Jesus that it be far removed from you and that your day-to-day do a 180 because you've gotten your eyes back on John 14 and 16, that Jesus prayed to the Father and the Father sent you another comforter to abide with you not just once, not just today or next week, but forever. Long after you've left this earth, his comforting spirit will always be with you. You and he are one, just as he prayed you would be. And I claim this done in in Jesus' name. Amen. I also lift you up physically, I pray, healing over your body, according to Isaiah fifty-three, five, that by his stripes you be healed right now. No weapon formed against you will prosper, Isaiah fifty-four seventeen. And that if you don't know Jesus, Ask him into your heart right now. Say, Jesus, I call you Lord. Make me a new creation where all my sin is for, forgiven and forgotten, and I'm brand new inside. Thank you, Father, for receiving me as your very own child. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We're on 100 Revelations of the Father, and this is going to be day 10. And we're going to talk today about the Father is the teacher. You know, that's. I love that because I I would sit with my dad and he would share things about his world and his life, things I didn't know, things I was curious about. He was a thermonuclear machinist and he said, I can't really tell you very much of what I do. I, I make parts for secret nuclear weapons in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And, you know, I, I just, he was a very amazing, uh, guy with his hands and he create things and make things. And, of course, that would be the machinist in him. And, and it just it neat to learn little things. And, you know, you just wish you had more of that in your life sometimes. And then I love to listen to uh, my favorite Bible teachers and preachers who are hearing from heaven and sharing things. And I really respect that about the Father, that he's the teacher. He, he didn't have to be—the Father doesn't have to be anything that he is. Nobody can— force him and push him and pressure him to be anything and yet he chooses to be the teacher and i to me that's an that's an expression of love uh in fact uh when you look up the word teacher it means to explain to instruct or expound a thing and there's something about teachers that are fathers that are really neat too and we've talked about these hundred revelations of the father and so think of him as not just the teacher that you don't know, can't follow up with, couldn't call up at a moment's notice. He's the father teacher and he expounds on things. And 1 John 2.20 and 1 John 2.27 are great places in scripture to go. 1 John 2.20 says, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. I, I love that. He has put within us himself and that's how we know all things because of his Living inside of us, the born again ones, and so if you find yourself in the dark about something, you really don't have to look that all that far um you know he, when when people are teaching you from the Lord, it's not that person, it's the spirit in them, it's the unction in them and And I like to teach it this way: you know all things that you need to know about you have a knowing of all things that pertain to your life. I wouldn't necessarily need to know about how to grow shamrocks in Ireland. Uh, I'm not sure that applies to my life at all, but I can tell you this, what I need to know about growing a garden in my yard, the Holy ghost can teach me because he's living in me. My father can teach me first John two 27 says, but the anointing, which you have received of him abides in you. So he's not going away and he's not annoying me. It's anointing. You have no need that any man teach you Now, that's not saying you don't need pastors and whatnot. They're gifts. And when they teach under the inspiration of the Spirit, it's not a man teaching you. It's the gift in them teaching you. People love to hear that with the rebellious spirit and throw all governance out. The Holy Ghost, the kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. And he works through delegated authority. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, see, there's nothing he wouldn't teach you about. If I needed to know how to grow shamrocks in Ireland, he would sit me down and teach me and it is truth and it is not a lie. And you know there's a lot of people out there professing to teach and yet when you follow up and look at some of their stuff it's it's not so clear. I had somebody send something to me today trying to discount and disprove what what men wrote in the Bible. I said, "Well, wait a minute. You want me to disprove what men write, and yet you're writing me something why I just disprove what you write how how do you, can you know anyone's writing the truth? You, you say, well, these men just wrote this. I say well you're a man and you're writing. Why should I believe what you write? But the father writes, and certainly he inspired the Bible to be written, and it's not a lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. so as you yield to the teaching, you're also yielding to an abiding force that keeps you grounded in him. And so what have we learned today in 100 Revelations of the Father? He's the teacher. He's the father teacher. He's he's daddy teacher. He teaches in a way as if you're the only one in the classroom. And the whole thing is to get you to succeed in life, to put you over in life. I want to pray for you. Father, I ask that you reveal 1 John 2, 20 and 27 to the listening ones, the hearing ones. And Lord, take them deeper in their learning from the teacher. And then help them become teachers, as Paul said, for by now we ought to be teaching others, Hebrews 5 and 12. And let us teach, when, as soon as we learn, let us go put it into practice and teach what we've learned to others and be, be disseminators of teaching as m- models of our Father in Jesus' name. And then anybody listening that needs a healing in their body, I rebuke sickness and disease off of your body right now. And I declare that by His stripes... You are healed and no weapon formed against you will prosper in Jesus' name. Amen.